I want to remind you of a little bit of that verse of one of the scriptures that we use Sunday morning. And it's to evangelize the sinners, the lost folk, the people who don't know who Jesus Christ is, who don't know what he did for them on the cross of Calvary. And they need to know why he did it. They need to know about the love of God that compelled him to come and to reach into their life and to make a great change in their life as time goes on. These young people are sitting here today uh, just to look at them and to think about their life. Right now, they are full of energy. I tell you, that's a quite a bunch of children I've heard in a while. Man, I, I had three boys, and they made more noise than all of you did. But I thank God and I praise God for the fact that you're here. And, and as I sat and listened to them all ago before church started, and they were all talking and fellowshipping one with another, and things that was important to them. It might not have meant much to me, but things that I talked about when I was their age wasn't important to my folks either. But I tell you what, Jesus was listening, guys, because you are important to him. Very much so important to him. And I want to speak again tonight to the church on this, on this thought. Evangelize the lost. Teach these young children about the terrible end of life of that person who does not know Christ when they leave this world. God has given us a ministry of reconciliation. The people who teach these children will be held doubly accounted one day to God for what they do. And I... I have been torn between two sermons all day long. And it comes to me tonight like I have got, I have absolutely got to bring you this sermon tonight by the hand of God. And I want you young folks to listen because there's a pretty good chance that no one has ever told you before. You're sharp. You're attentive, you got good ears, you can hear. And I want you to listen tonight. What God says in his word is going to happen to the people who leave the walks of this life or who passes away without Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And how do you make Christ your personal Savior? The Bible says that if you will tell him the, about the wrongs that you do in your life, the sin that is in your life, and you ask him to forgive you, he will be faithful to do that. And he not only will just do that, but he will make you one of his children in the process of this. So I'm going to read some scripture tonight, and I want you to listen very closely 
to what God is telling us tonight in his word. In the book of Proverbs, I want us to, to look here in just a moment, but I'm going to start out in the book of Ezekiel. And these things that I want you to understand tonight, young folk, and I want the, the church to listen because these are things that they must, must, must teach the children because many of them do not know. They do not understand. And they need that wisdom and they need that understanding and they need it through you. So the word of God would tell us to do this. Consider this. Consider this. That those who remain unregenerated or unsaved in this life, they go out into eternity without Christ as their personal Savior. God is going to execute the furious, the fury of his anger and his wrath upon those who trample underfoot the blood of Jesus all the days of their life and leave the walks of this life without ever giving him their life and making him the Lord of their life. Folks, those, these children need to hear this. They need to understand how important that it is that there will be no moderation of mercy. Once you leave this world and you leave it without Christ as your personal Savior, there is no more mercy. There is no more grace. There is no more love. There is nothing but pain and, and agony and misery throughout long ages of eternity. Time without end. There's no end to it. And this is why that you need to listen when you're taught the Word of God. You need to pay attention to what the Bible says to you. And this is why that the adults need to take time to see how important you are to Jesus and share His Word with you and help you to understand and to know what God is talking about here. So there in Ezekiel chapter 8 and in verse 18, the Word of God says, Therefore, I will also deal in my fury... God will deal in his fury. Why will he deal in his fury? That if you go through all of your life and you never allow Jesus to have no part in your life, God takes a great offense to that because he sent him into this world. He, he faced Satan 40 days and 40 nights for you in the wilderness. He come back out of there. He faced the judgment halls of wicked men. And then he went to Calvary. They nailed him on the cross of Calvary. He hanged there. He bled underneath the crown of thorns. They run a spear through his side. And his blood run out upon the ground. The nails ran from his hands. And it ran from his side. The nails ran. The, the, the blood ran down his head. Out of his feet. And he hanged there in love and in mercy and dying. To pay a sin debt that you could not pay. And to give his life freely so you could have eternal life. But this is what you need to be taught. And the world does not teach these things. The word of God also tells us there in that 18th verse. It says, neither will I have pity. And though they cry in mine ears with a loud voice, yet I will not hear them. You need to be taught and you need to be warned about the terrible state of those who walk out of this life without Jesus Christ as their Savior. Church, this is your obligation. This 
is your duty. This is your commission that God has given unto you. It's the mission not only of you, but it is the mission of their mothers and their fathers to teach them at home what this is talking about. So God us now God was then ready to save us he said come unto me all of you that In other words, I will take that sin that you carry around in your life and I will forgive you of it and you will never have to face my father with it anymore. So now God stands ready to give you this mercy and this love and this grace and this is the day of mercy. Today is a day of salvation. Today is the only day that you have. Yesterday's gone and tomorrow has not been created yet. All you got is right now. Right now you're young. It's hard to understand. But this is why you need to be in Sunday school. This is why you need to be taught. And this is why your teachers need to go to great extents and lengths to do whatever it takes to help you to understand how important you are to Jesus. Scriptures in the Bible that I think so much of, and I think about them every once in a while. One day, they were a bunch of adults. All standing around, probably three, four, or five thousand people standing around. Jesus was sitting on a hill just Jerusalem. The children, like you, tell me what the adults done. Shoot away, told him to go. Okay, anybody else? That's right. But you know what Jesus did? All right. He called them to him and set them on his lap. Jesus loves you. Oh, he loves you with a love greater than this old boy can explain to you. He loves you that much. And he wants you to know that. All of your life that you are very very, very, very precious to him. He died especially for you. And he has a home in glory for you. All right? So I want us to look a little bit further. Now, if these children grow up and they, they are not taught, they are not grown up and come to maturity in Christ and they don't come to salvation, the word of God says, now look what he says. This is what's going to happen. Now, you, you think about this, that... You may cry now with some hope of obtaining mercy. Yes, we can cry with hope of mercy now, but the day is coming when they will stand with that Christ, never facing or never enduring the mercies of God, the love of God, the patience of God, and the joys that, that heaven could be theirs because we did not do what God told us to do as adults. He said, I give unto you the message of reconciliation. I give unto you the message of my life, of my crucifixion, of my death, my burial, and my resurrection. I gave it all to you. You had it to study. You had it to, to show the young children and to raise them up and, and the fear and the love, the admonition of the Lord. But if they don't have this, but, 
when that day comes, when there is no mercy, when mercy has passed, and most lamentable, mournful cries will be heard right out of the very pits of a literal burning hell. You know what? Guess who's God that's going to hold accountable for that? He put them before us. He gave us the capability. He gave us the equipment to do it. And young people, this is why that he wants you. He wants you to teach us. He wants you to strengthen us. He wants you to keep us faithful in doing what the Lord God has called us to do. Will you do that? And tell that Sunday school teacher, listen, here, I come to learn, and I want to know. Was that preacher telling me the truth? You don't say, yes, he is, but you open the word of God and said, look here what God said. He said what God said. He said what God said. And here we are to do all things that we need to do. So you will be wholly lost. Can you picture in your mind those children being wholly lost? Never again to have any hope. Never again to have any joy, any peace, any satisfaction of life at all. Wholly lost. Thrown away of God. Because no one led them to a saving knowledge in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thrown away. You think about that now. Thrown away of God. Why did I say that word? What does the scripture tell us in Revelation about the great white throne of judgment? Get from me. Get away from me. And to an eternity in a lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Through the anger and the wrath of God. So they're thrown away from God. They are a vessel from that time on fitted for wrath. Can you picture that in your life? In your heart? In your mind? No. They are so precious. They may sit in church and wiggle and twist and turn. And lean over and pass notes. And you don't think they're hearing a word you say. That I got news for you. They do. I knew a young preacher. He was listening to the children on, on the back seat of the church. And he was preaching that morning. Oh, he got angry. Angry. And he just stopped. He said, then I one of you cotton-picking kids can tell me a word that I said. A little lady stood up and told him verbatim for what he had been preaching on. So he shut up and resigned. <laughs> I would too. Listen, you were little. Now, if I would have been one of those kids, he would have probably been right on my part. I probably didn't hear a word. But I'm telling you is that the word of God says, my word will not return unto me void. God plants that word in that little ear, and it goes on down into the mind and in the heart. So to think about this, what a terrible thing it would be. What a terrible thing if it would be. If they were thrown away of God, fitted for wrath and destruction of the wrath of Almighty God. Now, wouldn't that be horrible? Wouldn't that be horrible? 
in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 24, the word of God says that God will be so far from pitying you when you cry to him that he said he would only laugh and mock. Could you imagine God having to do that to one of these children that we have had years to be around and years to teach? And for some other reason, Satan was allowed to take such hold on their precious soul that they will spend eternity in a literal burning hell. Think about that. Listen, this is an ugly thing. It's not good. It's not pleasant to preach. It's not, it's not things that, that we laugh about. It's not things that we will joke about or things like that. But Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God, come into this world and he paid the debt. And he gave you the knowledge. He gave you the Holy Spirit. He gave you his Son. He gave you his word. What else do we need? We need a will to do and a heart to serve. To teach these children. And do it patiently. Do it patiently. In Romans chapter 2 verses 4 through 10. Note what the word of God says there. Romans chapter 2 verses 4 through 10. He says, well, for the dispensation. Or despite thou the riches of his goodness. Of whose goodness? Of the goodness of Christ. And the forbearance and the longsuffering. Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee unto repentance. They need to be taught this. It's something they've got to grow into, something that they've got to learn, something that they've got to understand, and then they can grow into it. But in verse 5, but after, they, but after thy hardness and thy impenitent heart, thou treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God can these children be turned loose in a world that will cause them to live such a life as this and their young life which is now young and pliable they're sharp and they're willing to hear and willing to understand and we don't take the time to grow them and one day to know that they will face these words in the presence of a sovereign God. It's a pitiful thing, isn't it? Terrible thing. Terrible thing. I went to the Corinth Baptist Church in Salem, Missouri. Jane and I did several years ago. I had several teenage children in that church. And one morning I was really having a terrible time finding any ease to preach a message. Terrible time. And finally a thought came to my mind that this didn't make no sense at all. To know that you know that you know that you know. And I could well, why in the world? That. And I thought about it, and I thought about it, I got God's word down and went to reading, and I soon God soon put that together. And that Sunday, that Sunday morning I preached a simple message on do you know that you know that you know that you know beyond any shadow of doubt that if you died today you'd go to heaven. And then I gave them God's plan of salvation. There were seven deacons' children walked that aisle that morning. And I asked them. They come and they said, do you mean to tell me that I would have went to hell if I died today? I would have went to hell. I said, yes. Why? I said, God said, you got to pray. They said, well, when we came forward, the preacher prayed for us when we were younger. Don't be guilty of that. They need to be taught. It's you, one-on-one -on -one with Jesus Christ. You, 
one-on-one -on -one with Jesus Christ. You ask him to forgive you of your sin. You ask him into your heart and your life. You give him the bosship in your life. You give him the authority to be the boss of your life. Okay, let's look a little further. Now then in verse 6, the word of God says, Who will render to every man according to his deeds? Now look. That's going to happen not only to the lost, but that's going to happen to the, to the righteous also, to the Christian. We're all going to give an account to, to them by whom, now listen, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing and seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. This is what Jesus Christ has for you, and they need to be taught that by us. When you give your life to Christ, you're his for the rest of your life. You're not of this world anymore. You're just in this world. You're of the child. You're a child of God. So to look on just a little bit further in 2 Thessalonians, if you would turn there with me, if you would like to, to, to do that, 2 Thessalonians, and look in chapter 1, verses 8 through 12. Listen to what the Word of God says. Now the Lord says in his word here, he said in flaming fire, he said I'm coming in flaming fire. Man, in flaming fire, taking vengeance upon them that know not God. Can you imagine these children and the children out here in the evening shade having to face that one day? Can you imagine that? Man, and that obey not the gospel, and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They need to be taught. Not only do I need to know it, but I need to obey it. I need to obey it. They need to be taught that they need to be to obey the gospel. There in verse 9, he says, Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction in the presence of the Lord and, and from the glory of his power? And verse 10, when he shall come to be glorified among his saints. Now, could you imagine one of these children here that are sitting here today, they come to Awanas, and hopefully they're here in Sunday school and so forth, and they go through all this time, and they haven't been taught enough. But one day, they have not been taught in the sincerity and the power and in the, and in the love of God, but when Jesus comes after his saints, it could be tonight, it could be tomorrow, it could be the day after, it could be any time. Immediately you take an off, you, you start floating through the clouds going to glory, and you look down and there stands those little children. That ain't little children no more, they're grown up. And we didn't do our job. We should see to it, beyond any shadow of a doubt, folks, that we are doing exactly what God wants us to do, and we're doing it with all of our heart, soul, and body. We need to do that. When he shall come, it's going to happen, to be glorified in his saints. Wouldn't you much rather see Jesus glorified in the saints of these children than you had to see them in the destruction of the wrath and fury of God? 
and to be admired in them that believe because of their testimony among you was what? Delayed in that day. One more verse. That the name of the Lord, in verse 12, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is glorified when we love these children enough to lay our life on the line to see to it that their life shall be eternal, shall live forever, that they will not have to face the fury and the wrath of God. Reaching out to those children, reaching out to the young people, letting them know how precious they are not only to God, but how precious they are to us. So, there is an eternal home waiting on us, and it's far, 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 far above the last heavens that we see in this world. God's throne is on the mountain of heaven. Now one of these days, this old world is going to melt away with fervent heat. God said it so because he said, I'm going to do it. But he says, my children will be lifted out of here before that happens. So I plead with you tonight. I plead with you tonight. I might not get to visit with you very often or any time in the future, but God has given us this time together. I have loved it. I have enjoyed it, and I will, we will always remember you. But let's do not let our children down. Let's don't do that. So, I have said to you tonight all I've got to say to you from God. If I said anything else, I would be adding my own thoughts and I'd really mess things up. 